You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For the Love of Pomegranate podcast is brought to you today in association with the Who Knows Wins app. Do you have somebody in your family or in your life who thinks they are the absolute Nostradamus of guessing all the scores correct and all the games, getting all the results correct on any given weekend? Well, the Who Knows Wins app will be a way of you calling their bluff. What it is, is it's a social sports game where mates, friends, family, colleagues, you may name it, can pit their wits against each other for real money, but... Most importantly, for the all-important bragging rights of being that person who knows just that bit more about sports than everybody else. Um, You can use the app for free. It is a free app to download from the iOS and from the Android store. Um, If you don't have a custom league that you've set up yourself, don't fear. You can always play in in in-app leagues as well with the community that is there. And you can join one of those. Just like this week's Pick 10 League has a £6,000 prize fund. That might be something that might interest you as well. You can keep on top of all the live action within the application with live updates and live score updates in real time, which is really, really handy. And so far, since its inception, over £2 million have been won on the application itself. Just a couple of things to mention too. You need to be 18 years or over to use the application. Application is available in the UK, so some of our listeners outside the UK may not be able to to avail of this application. And lastly, please, 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 please remember to gamble responsibly. So thank you once again to Who Knows Wins application. And now, let's go back to the podcast. So it's... uh all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello there, everyone, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Let me get down Jacob Ramsey there again so you can see us properly. I um, hope everyone's doing well on this Thursday night. I had to check to see what day it was uh, on this Thursday afternoon. Um, and I hope that uh, it finds you all very, 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 very well. It's been a, a tough week. 
Uh, it's been a tiring week, so if anybody, if I fall asleep on this podcast, will somebody ring me or something like that to wake me up or Paddy shout loud because uh, I could very easily fall asleep on this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's too late. Half past nine is too late for an old fella like me. Um, <laughs> but we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to talk about because, um, uh, like, international breaks, as international breaks go, this was a... A pretty fruitful one for Aston Villa players, Paddy, wasn't it? There was a, there was quite a lot of, um, how would I put it? There was quite a lot of ticker tape and ticker bars going across with Villa players' names on it uh, during this international break, which is good to see. But I just hope they bring those scoring boots with them back from wherever they wherever they, they yeah. were and, and and put them on at the weekend when we go out against against Wolves. But good to see. Look, you know, good form is good form for players, and uh, and hopefully they bring that back with the smiles in their faces. But uh, it's it, it, it was pretty fruitful, and there's a lot to talk about there, Paddy. Specifically, I suppose within the England camp. Yeah, well, specifically England because there's two of them involved. But you know, but there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of people in good form there. Matty Cash qualified for the World Cup. John McGinn is in goal scoring form again. So uh, Luca Dean is probably the most important thing for me of all the week. Yeah. Is that we're seeing him back with his boots on. Playing ninety minutes for for France, and uh, we'll we'll should see him starting out on Saturday, and that's a huge plus for me. And uh, and then of course the two England boys getting a goal each, so happy days. Absolutely, and it was great because like much maligned there those two players or have those two players been for Aston yeah. Villa this season? Um, like you never have to go two weeks in a row without somebody giving out about Tyrone Mings or having a go at him or saying that he's useless and. You know, he gets a lot of slick with stick when he plays for England. And you see the look, we're not going to sit up here and say that he's infallible, doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, he does. But he's an international proven centre half. And, you know, I suppose, uh, what was that statistic I saw yesterday, Paddy? He's played 16 games, 14 of them have been clean sheets, and he scored two goals. You know, that, that's, that's an international level. But yeah. uh, uh, does he have a rick in him? Yeah, he does. But. You show me a defender that isn't called Virgil van Dijk that doesn't have a rick in him, and I'll uh, and, and and at that stage I'll put the money down the table and buy him myself because <laughs> they just aren't out there. And that's that's something remind me to talk about that, Paddy. Remind me to talk about centre halves because there's been quite a lot of talk about maybe one or two centre halves being linked with Aston Villa. Um, and if you don't remind me, I'll hold you personally responsible. Someone in the comments, uh, better remind me as well if there's anybody watching. Uh, to talk about centre halves in a moment, but it was good for, good to see both Watkins and Mings um, playing well and and scoring. I didn't think Watkins was going to get start against Ivory Coast. I I, I certainly didn't, um, but when he did, I was delighted, and for him to get his goal uh, was great as well. But 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 for me, I, I've seen v- fewer games with how would I put it? There was little to no bluster in that game. The bit that I saw of it, I even t- I, I'll tell you how. How little interest I had in that game when I was watching it was that, and I know some of the goals were good, but I turned it off to watch Ireland and Lithuania, and at that stage Ireland and Lithuania were nil all, and it looked like it was going to be a nil all. But uh, I don't know that that there was some meaningless friendlies, I think. But um, glad to see the two guys get their run out. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, look, it, it can only be good for confidence. It's just bringing that confidence on Saturday is the most important thing for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've no vested interest in, in any of the players that played <laughs> at, the, at the weekend or, or midweek. Um, us, us being Ireland and only having Conor Horahan, who's going to be out of contract in, in the summer, who did incidentally get the ball in the net, but was ruled out for offside. 
probably incorrectly, but however. Um, so, look, you're talking about the backbone of a team there, John McGinn, Ollie Watkins, um, you know, Tyrone Mings. These guys need to step up to the plate and really, really... Uh, <laughs> Come on, Soupy Mark. I just want to remind Soupy Mark that he won a prize and he hasn't submitted his details. So, Soupy Mark, submit your details to us either on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or what's the email address, uh, Neil? For the love of Paul McGrath, gmail.com. There you go. For love six awkward yeah, on to me going, oh, we've only got a few of these box sets left. Have you got the name and address of where we're sending it? And I went, no, he never got in touch. <laughs> yeah, so drop Paddy a DM there on Twitter or whatever. Or send us an email to forlovepalmagratgmail.com. We'll get you sorted out with that. Um, but no, it's... Uh, the what, what I liked, well, I suppose what I liked about the, about the international break as well, and, and, and it wasn't just winning the European structure that, that, that people got game time. Leon Bailey played game time for Jamaica. And I think that's, I know I'm going to fall victim of this. Of, I think literally every team she tantrum since Leon Bailey's been fit, I've said he's going to come on and cause murder. And uh, he's done really nothing since he's came on. But he played for Jamaica. He was, uh, he, they, they were unsuccessful in qualifying for the World Cup. They got beaten 4 0 by, um, by Canada. But uh, in the second game, he scored a penalty, um, which, uh, you know, goals are goals as they, uh, however they come about. But uh, hopefully that's given him uh, a bit of a shot in the arm to, to come back and to, and, and, and to maybe uh, do some, something a bit more off the bench for Villa. Um, because I do think that he will be a bench option once again at the weekend. And I would be surprised if he, would, if he is someone that wouldn't be brought on to stretch them if they do go with three at the back uh, mm. to keep their two, their two, um, their two full backs uh, honest. Yeah. Uh, specifically, when we when, when we find it difficult to break down teams, that that, that he might come on, but um, he's definitely somebody that would uh, could do game time, and he got game time for for Jamaica, which is fantastic. Yeah. And in under twenty one internationals, Paddy, and even under nineteen uh, internationals, like Jacob Ramsey scored an absolute scorcher for uh, for England. Did you see it? It was uh, it was a lovely <laughs> build up. Uh, build up play, and then he just when he hit it, it stayed hit, and that seems to be becoming a trademark of his at the moment, Paddy, doesn't it? It does. Um, almost, almost uh, John McGinn esque is, is the goals he scored, but John McGinn for Scotland, I should say, <laughs> <laughs> arriving in those spots and putting. And you know, maybe maybe that's going to come a bit, bit, bit more, uh, a bit more often for for Aston Villa, and I, I hope, I hope for his sake, it is because it will be nice to see. Um, goals coming coming that way on a regular basis. Like he he he's near enough our top scorer already this season. So, um, he he's had he's had a tremendous season by far and away. Is is probably the most is the most improved player of the year. So, uh, you know, best of luck to him. It was great to see him. He's 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 already been spoken about by uh by Gareth Southgate, which means he'll probably declare for I don't know. Poland, Ireland, is there any Irish blood in him? We claim uh, Scottish. We go with Scottish. He's considered yeah. he's Ramsey. I don't, I don't think I don't think Gareth Selke mentioned uh, Maddie Cash once until he declared for Poland and then said we lost Maddie Cash. We lost Maddie Cash. Mm. You lost Maddie Cash. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. There's, there's one there's one downside to this international window, and that's that Argentina have brought two players halfway across the world. To sit in the to sit in the stand and watch their team. I know they got a few days training and stuff like that, but you know what? Their two guys could have done with the rest. Emmy Martinez and Emmy Buendia. They're both suspended, and yet we're still brought on international duty, which is absolute madness for me. 
I suppose they still did get arrested because I think, if I'm not mistaken, the guys that stayed behind in Bodymore, yes, they got a few days off in the first week of the international break, but I think I think there was pretty much a ball break over session, uh, sessions had over the weekend and, and mm. into the start of this week as well from for the players that stayed behind. Um, and, and, so. You know, that might have been more beneficial than spending all that time in the air as well. Yeah. Um you know, I'm sure Emmy Martinez would would have preferred the training session at Bodymore Heat than an international training session, which is a lot more relaxed, a lot more five sides and rondos and stuff like that. So, nah, he'd be saving shots from Messi, Paddy. He'd be saving shots from Messi, Latour Martinez, Julio Alvarez. Or, or not saving shots from Messi, maybe. Not saving shots, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as opposed to saving shots from 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 our crowd, who sometimes can't put it in the back of the net, but sometimes can. Sometimes mm. can, sometimes can't. But it's look the international break. We we won't have to worry about no, about one for another six months. Next one is World Cup. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think are there any tune up games. There's some. There's some in June. There's some in September. So uh, there will there will be. So, yeah, sorry. September was whatever. So June isn't going to matter because it's not going to inter- no. interfere with, oh, with, with with real football. And uh, the the September. No, well, it interferes with the rest. What we want is players to get a decent rest. And come back and get for for once a full preseason training under the belt. The fact that the World Cup is on in November, in November, December, gives us that opportunity to get everybody in on on a date. But those internationals are going to stagger that now, so those are on international duty. Probably come back a couple of weeks later. So that's a bit disappointing that they're there and they run very late. Uh, I can only speak about the Ireland game that I think we play as late as the fourteenth of June. So that doesn't give an awful lot of rest time for for players if if every t- if every country is playing at that stage. So it's it's unfortunate, but we just need them back the start of July and firing on all cylinders. I think there's probably a bigger conversation to be had about how maybe this off season is going to be really strange. Next year's next year's league is going to be really strange, and we could see a team come out of absolutely nowhere, maybe. Um, a team that's more together that doesn't have a lot of internationals that can take that month off to have a mini mini preseason within that month. Build like like we saw um, after Project Restart, you know. Except everybody was more or less in the same boat in that aspect, you know. And everybody came back. A lot of teams hit the ground running, and a lot of teams, uh, you know, you know, actually pushed on there. The likes of um, West Ham did. Um, we kind of did, you know. That kind of is to way we could we could put ourselves out of out of danger. It comes yeah. at a fortuitous time whereby you could compartmentalize the first half of the season or you could go gung-ho for the first half of the season. You know if you don't have the majority of your team going to the World Cup, which for us and success is, is it's not something we've had before, but now is now success and, and having good players is is drawing more people to the to the World Cup or more players to the World Cup. But it'd be interesting to see. There's a there's a, a podcast, I think, a whole podcast to be done on that and uh, a shooting of the breeze to be done on that as well, maybe with a sports scientist to see see what could happen and how, how beneficial that would be. Um but it is it is important, uh, I think, to talk about that uh, specifically, mm-hmm. I suppose, with how fecked up next season is gonna be with this Abomination of a World Cup in uh, in in November. Um, but yeah, today is neither the time nor the place to be talking about it. Uh, the Burnley game, yeah, Paddy. I was just about to highlight that myself. What's the yeah. fact with that? It's looking like that's going to be a midweek game, I'd say. Well, Burnley and Liverpool are going to be midweek because the only free weekend we have is, is Easter weekend, and both teams are playing on that weekend. So. There will be a game played on week commencing 19th of April, May, <laughs> or in around the 19th of May, whatever that is, the Tuesday or Wednesday, 
there will be either Liverpool or Burnley played on that week. The reason I know that is I was supposed to play in Villa Park on the 22nd and that's been pushed and I can't play and I'm gutted, absolutely gutted. So I, I now have a, a family book to go to Birmingham on that weekend and nothing to do. So absolute disaster. But day shopping in the bullring, Petty. A day shopping in the bullring. Yeah, well, you could do it out that after wasting the money going there for no reason. But look, there's def- <clears throat> there's definitely a game on that weekend, and I would imagine it will. <coughs> excuse me, um, it will be uh, depending on whether how far Liverpool get in the Champions League. It'll depend uh, uh, whether it's uh, Liverpool or it is Burnley that are on that day. Paddy, do you not think, is there not something like a Peaky Blinders experience where you go up to small heat and around Smetwick and whatever else and then, uh, and you know, you wouldn't like to go up around there, maybe take the family no, around there and see the scenes. <laughs> Peaky Blinders, no? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Um, but yeah, just to draw kind of, I suppose to draw uh, a line under the internationals, you know, we mentioned that there was some uh, under-21 internationals. Tariq Wright came off the bench for Ireland, and Ireland had a great win against against Sweden. Like, that Sweden team, every nearly every single one of their under-21 players are all playing full-time senior football at decent levels. Lodern playing in, in, um, in the Dutch league uh, at, at the minute, and... Uh, uh, some of them playing in the Danish league. Uh, a couple of their players have have European Europa League experience already. Um, 17, 18, 19 years of age. We were missing half our under twenty one squad. Troy Parrott was up with the with the big boys. Um, Evan Ferguson was up with the big boys. You know, so we're missing two probably the two best strikers we have. Uh, were missing, mm-hmm. and then there was other people missing through injury as well in midfield. And Ireland came away from Sweden with a two 0 win. Jim Crawford did a fantastic job, but Terry Wright came off the bench and he showed showed really great pace. And and he seems to have a knack of scoring for Ireland under twenty ones as well and scoring big goals for them. So um, I know he's in his last not in his last year. He has next year, I think, as well with the club. But yeah. uh, he's on loan at Salford at the, <clears> or Colchester <throat> at the moment, and um, you know it's somebody that the. That yeah, he's probably one of the older academy players that we have at the mm-hmm. moment, but he's somebody that's uh, probably in the same mold as Finnas is, whereby the club kind of likes what they see from him, and uh, it'd be going to be interesting to see how he kicks on as well. Um, yeah. So fair play. Yeah, it's going to make a break for him now this summer. I think. I think if he put if he puts down a good a good preseason, he might he might get a run. You just you just never know. But they they might take him on preseason before they decide what to do with him. I think if you see him go out on loan in in. September, I think I think that's the end of him. But we'll wait and see what happens there. But yeah, he, he looks promising. Um, he was dropped for the game, but came on and and, and you know proved himself and got the goal and, and looked lively. So anyway, we're talk- we have a lot more to talk about. We'll move on. We do, Paddy. Before we get on to Wolves, the the public want to know what your opinion is of the five subs. Um, yeah. we're we're usually in lockstep with an opinion and stuff. Um, while I share some of your opinion on this, I do have a counter opinion to, to parts of it. But uh, go for it, Paddy. I'll let you have the floor on this one. Um, well, look, there's, the wants to know. there's there's loads of ways of looking at this, right? And if we if we roll the clock back to the, to the empty stadium and Chelsea resting players and going one nil down and bringing on the big guns and just blowing teams away, that's what happens when you five subs. That's what I don't want to happen. It's just the rich get better, the poor are struggling behind. 
everybody is going to have to have 25 players that they're willing to put on the pitch at any given stage. We're not at at that stage yet. Um, Chelsea probably are. Um, Man United probably a little bit off. Man City are. Liverpool are. So we have a bit of catching up to do. Um, I don't believe in it. Uh, it was voted down many times and it's just gone for a re-vote, re-vote, re-vote. It was uh, Pep Guardiola. It was his... He, he was going mad about it for a long time. And then he, he, he went through a phase of seven or eight games there, only using one sub. It just doesn't make any sense. But it just gives an opportunity for the big clubs to, to flex their muscles. They can drop players at will and and a half time bring 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 them on and five subs like you're changing half your outfield team it's just crazy i think it's crazy it's just it's just not football anymore i, I don't agree with it i'm i'm old school you put you put 11 players out on the pitch to pick up injuries you know you, you can reshuffle for for a, um, a tactical advance but now you can take off two midfielders and and three uh, three of your forward players and change the whole game. And I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about the big boys. I'm talking about the boys that have the power to do that. The boys that every week have eight, eight or what is it, eight or nine subs you're allowed now. All of them are, are are able to come on and do a job. We're not at that stage yet, and that's what worries me. So the, the checkbook will have to be opened, and you know some some of the players that are there will need to move on. The players that are not capable of coming in and doing a job. Now, don't get me wrong, we're not far off it. But we're only a couple of subs short, or a couple of uh, a couple of injuries short of being off it. Because once you bring some of the some of the younger guys in, or some of the fringe players in, you know you're not you're not sitting there at the match going, oh yeah, I hope he comes on because because he's just you know he's just not going to do anything. So that's my little rant on it. That's the way I feel about it. It's just a traditionalist way. I just think it's making making the rich better, and the other fourteen will be the ones playing catch up. Yep, I agree with that. I, I agree with the majority of that. I think the, the addendums that I have to it is, once again, the English Premier League, I'm, I don't know where it's, where it's going to be implemented all the way down to all the levels, so I'm loath to say that the FA um, have missed a trick here, but the English Premier League missed a trick here. Much maligned throughout the course of the Premier League, specifically in the last 15 years, maybe 20 years of the Premier League, has been the pathway for young players to come through within England. Uh you know, specifically, uh, you academies are there. You look at the the Chelsea Academy. Chelsea Academy is only there to serve the likes of um, what are they called? Not Vivi Venlo. It's uh, Vitesse Arnhem. They serve um, th- teams like that. They're feeder teams. Um, and then sometimes players get, go out there and they make a name for themselves. They come back and they play with Chelsea. It's very very rare. Um, now I know Chelsea are bringing through players like the Shalabas. Um, they're bringing through uh, the likes of David Hudson and Dye, who I just don't rate. Um, Laughter's cheek, you know, and those players have come through, but they've had to have numerous, numerous, numerous loans uh, previously. So I think that the what I'm trying to get at here is that the Premier League have missed the trick in saying, okay, Pep, absolutely, you can't have those five substitutes. Yeah. But the two extra substitutes have to come from your academy and they have to be under the age of 21, 21 or 23 and, and, and utilize it that way. And I think everybody would have been delighted with that because, as you said, the, 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 the negative for me is that clubs are going to be forced to spend now. And like, no matter how many years Burnley are going to be in the Premier League, if Burnley have to go and pay the wages and pay pay for another twenty million pound player without having a big sugar daddy, and we're blessed to have one, but without having a big sugar daddy, that's going to be difficult for them. And what it's going to do is more regional teams like that might, you know, we're going to see more teams 
looking at the Premier League like Norwich do, and okay, we'll go up, we'll go down with parachute payments, and we can have maybe six years of parachute payments, and by going up and coming down, going up, coming down, going up, coming down, keep us ourselves afloat that way, and then basically leverage everything we save from that against maybe one push to stay in the Premier League for a year with decent players, because. That that for me is the problem, and and look, the, the the Premier League is going to eat itself, and I think the reason this is another reason. This is I'm going to go tangentially here because I think bringing this in is going to see uh, teams push towards the to, towards the Super League, and you might ask me how how are we going to see that because teams are now going to have the opportunity to turn around and say, oh, there's a lack of competition. Like are the other 14 teams that are in the league any good? You know, yeah. we're not we're not being challenged, and you know, as you say, if the, if there is a widening of the gap and the teams do do move further apart, that just strengthens their hand with regards to it. And and the other part here is that it just entices the likes of Chelsea or Man City specifically to go away and maybe blow another hundred million on on the next Jack Grealish that they find in the league, and the likes of teams that are uh, the second tier teams like ourselves, um, within the within the Premier League, you know, we're back to square one again. And yes, you might have 100 million to rebuild, as we saw. We buy three three players for 30 million, and we're at this stage of the season looking at all three of them, going, "Oh, I don't know, do any of them really, really fit?" Because it takes time to bed in there, specifically when we've changed the manager. So, mm-hmm. so I agree with I agree with a lot what you say. I, I think then then the the positive that I see from it is that, and I think Michael Beale has like from a coach's point of view, you have to back yourself. You have to back yourself that you can make the best of your five subs. No, um, that's 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 exactly it. But like you, you mentioned the Premier League there. The Premier League don't want to see Jacob Ramsey coming through the ranks and playing well. They want to see a Philippe Coutinho coming in. They want to see the biggest stars in the world playing in the Premier League. That's why they've not put in the prerequisite that you have to have two homegrown players in your team. They couldn't give a shiny shite about that. Well, All they care I, about they, is, they, is viewers. If, if Coutinho is playing for Aston Villa and it's the four o'clock kickoff on a Sunday, the whole of Brazil is watching Aston Villa. That's what they Yeah, care. but 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 like to keep the Premier League to keep the I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I need to be careful in how I word this. <laughs> I need to be careful in how I word this. So essentially what I'm trying to say is, um, look at what happened when the Super... And I'm, I'm going to come back. The, the, the Premier League is going to eat itself, and it's going to eat itself for this very reason. They, they have the bull's notion what's coming down the line with regards to this. They have no foresight of thought from the point of view of what's going to happen to the Premier League and what potentially could happen to the Premier League in five, ten years' time. And you might call me a harbinger of doom or someone talking on his arse or whatever. That's fine. But I genuinely believe this really strengthens six teams that wanted out less than a year ago. 
uh, from the Premier League. And this gives them a, a platform to de- to detach themselves from the other 14, play- 14 teams. So um, I just think that the Premier League has been railroaded. They have no idea that about this. They mm. didn't think it through. Uh, and, and they put it to, the vo- to a vote to teams. And how... How did they get 14, 15 teams to vote for this? I think there was only three teams voted it down, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong um, on that. But uh, how they got 14? Who voted for it? As a, club, as a club, Aston Villa voted for it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see the breakdown. I could be mixing vote. this up with a completely different vote, by the way. Just in case I'm <laughs> slandering or libeling Aston Villa in any way, shape or form. Uh, I do retract that if they did. I do apologise. But um, for me... The, I, but but going back to what you said there about the Premier League don't care they only want the Philippe Coutinho yes that rings true to a point until England until we're coming to the four year or the two year cycle of England being in the Euros and England being in the World Cup because mm-hmm. let's face it you're going to have fans up and down the country you're going to want to see a Jack Grealish they're going to want to see all that and they go to Premier League games and the Premier League can make a quick buck but, off the back but of course they are but at the, at the end of the day the, the, the World Cup and the European Championships are on terrestrial television and it, it makes no odds to the Premier League that's the, point, that's the point I'm making it's all it's all, it, about, it's it, all it, about it's all about getting it up the, subscriptions it, to the TV channels and that's what pumps the money back into the Premier League. It, it does and it doesn't though, because coming up to the to Euro 2022 or wherever, whatever, or World Cup 2022 or Euro 2024, whatever it is, people are going to tune into the Premier League to see if Harry Kane is still scoring like mad or, oh, Harry Kane is going great and stuff like that, but Harry Kane is only going great. Like he's, he's in a more casual fan's view because... England are coming up. There's a lot of advertising for England and three lines on a short that's coming home, all that kind of stuff. And then they tune into the Premier League to see it. So it's 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 mutually beneficial for them to have that pipeline of the Jack Relishes, the Harry Kane's, and hopefully yeah. the the uh, because the Premier League came from the from the the blood of uh, or, or not from the blood, what you call it, from the from the DNA of the likes of Stephen Gerrard, um, Lampard. Even you go back as well before. Of course, Beckham, it has to Neville. start. It has to start with homegrown talent to get there in the first place. Teddy Sheringham, arguably, was the man who who uh, who 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 um, catapulted the. Uh, <laughs> the Premier League into everybody's household because uh, yeah. specifically when he was playing with um with Spurs <laughs> or with Forest and Millwall and all those so um yeah. we'll see. But look, you you went you you mentioned the Super League in there. The 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 point the point I have is if the Super League does come in on a part time basis and is played midweek where the Champions League games used to be played, all oh, it does. But listen, listen, hear me out. All it does is strengthen the hand of Man City are playing. Burnley on a Saturday and they're playing Bayern Munich on a Wednesday. They drop their five best players. They leave them on the bench. Burnley go 1-0 up and on 60 minutes, the, the the bench is emptied with those five players and they just steamroll them. And that's that's the biggest thing. Three players is manageable. Five players at that level would just steamroll Burnley or a Norwich or, or indeed a Villa at the moment. It could very it could we we could find ourselves in that position, but we just we just need to keep up with those guys. We need to spend money, and we need to have a full bench of people we can trust. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, once again, I have been looking or was looking there just as you were speaking to see who voted for it. Uh, I can't find what I was looking at. I'm not sure if it was that vote, but I am nearly certain that they're like. Well, they have to get a a, a quorum. I think quorum is something like fourteen. It's it's twelve or fourteen teams. It's not. Well, it's like, it's not just, I don't think it's. I don't think it's fifty one percent. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, if anybody knows it knows it in the comments. If I'm not mistaken, I think it has to be something more than that. It has to be like sixty percent of the of the league have to vote for it. 
Um, it's like a super majority or whatever you want to call it um, within the league. Anyway, could be 100% wrong on that. I'm wildly open to correction on that. If, if Even if somebody had, had, a, had a frivolous link to something, I'd, I'd admit defeat in that one. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's talk about... Uh, Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. Um, yeah, Philip says needed 14 to vote for it, uh, but they haven't stated who. But see, the mind is still okay. It's all the Codlev Royal tablets I took as a kid. Um, mind is still flying at a 37, lads. Uh, let's talk about Wolves. Um, Wolves won't be looking forward to this game. They won't be looking forward to this game. Um, I, don't, I don't think they will. I don't think they will Even be looking forward to it. in their back garden. They, they won't be looking forward to it. They're missing a couple of players. You know, they're not they're going to be without mm. the bane of our life, Ruben Neves, who always seems to who broke your heart. First game yeah. back with Stephen after yeah. after COVID and fucking 2 0 up to lose 3 2. And there's there, there should be a sting. If if Stephen Gerrard isn't isn't like whispering into people's ears while they sleep at night about that game. Which I suppose really you could say ultimately it was that game that led to the led to the demise of Dean Smith and Dean Smith losing it was, the job. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Because the rock, like after that there was a there was a serious confidence gap for for mm. for the team. Um, well, that Ruben was the Neves, fourth one of our, that was the fourth one of our five in a row that we yes. lost, which led to, led to him. Uh, and uh, let's face it, to to, to go two 0 up. And to see the dejected players coming off the pitch that day worried me a bit. I didn't foresee it was going to go as bad as it did. But uh, they were dejected. They were on their knees. They were just could not believe what they'd just done. And, uh, yeah, it's it, it'll be the low point of the season, regardless of, of, of what happens between now and the, mm. well, in the last nine games. So, um, for me, it's the low point of the season. And it's a chance, a chance for us to be in good form player-wise, to go and 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 do a number on them without Neves, without Jimenez, without Neto, um, Semedo is also out. So you know, there's a lot going on there. And realistically, we've a full bill of health as far as we know, um, apart from Nakamba and Courtney House. So fingers crossed that we can get everybody back from international duty in in full fettle and give them a good rattle on Saturday. Well, let's start with the good news, Paddy, about this. And thanks to AVFC Stato for coming in here. But Wolves could become the fifth club to win both Premier League matches against Villa this season on Saturday after Arsenal, Chelsea, Watford and West Ham. is this very, very London-centric. We don't like to go down towards London, uh, it seems, this year. But uh, hopefully we can stop Wolves from, from doing that uh, a bit closer to home. So um, to do the double over us. Um, also, only Norwich and Watford have had more teams do the double over them than uh, than Villa this season. Norwich and Watford with five, Aston Villa with four. Um, once again, I think that just that goes to my point. The point that I nearly shouldn't get tattooed in my arm at this stage. We need to, to turn losses into draws. It's that simple. That's what we need to do to get up the t- get up the the table. And uh, you look at Brighton. Brighton should be how Brighton draw games that they probably should lose. That should be a bit of a barometer for us. Uh, yeah. Even though we win more games than Brighton. Also, here's some of the good stuff. Wolves have lost four of their last six Premier League games, uh, winning two, uh, as many as they had in their last previous 19, where they won 11 and drew four. So Bruno yeah. Lange, is it Lange? Lange. 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 <laughs> Lange is the is the way a Limerick man would say it. So I'm Langer. Gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm Lange. <laughs> um, so uh, he started, like, in fairness, he started very, very... Um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it was it was steady Eddie stuff. They, were, they had a great defense. They weren't conceding much. Um, and and then I'm not going to say that they were found out, but obviously injuries and stuff like that have, have taken their toll on them this season, and 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 stuff like that has has gone their way. So hopefully we continue to pile the misery on and make it five out of their last last seven games that they would have lost yeah. because Wolves have also conceded eight goals in the six games that they've that they've last played as many as they'd shipped in their previous fourteen. So it's not an awful lot. I know eight and six. It's not like it's not Leeds territory of 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 concession of goals, but um, it, I suppose really this the the, the teams are, are are finding the finding gaps within their um mm-hmm. their spacing and finding gaps within their their structure as well, which is which is very very um uh, important I suppose to find. It can be difficult when a new manager comes in. It can bamboozle teams like that that are playing against him. Comes in from a different league. Uh, Bruno Lange, if I'm not mistaken, was linked with Aston Villa job. Prior to Dean Smith, Dean like Smith. even yeah. you know he was linked yeah. to, linked to it then. So um, teams have looked at him coming in and maybe having a template for the Premier League. And the last one here for AVFC, uh, Stato. Thanks so much uh, man, for for all these stats. I absolutely love them. Who but needs research? Villa don't draw away from home. They're the only side across uh, England's top five tiers and Europe's top five leagues yet to draw an away league game. We've won six and we've lost nine. We, we don't tend to draw anywhere, whether it be at home or True. whether it be away from yeah. home. I think we've only drawn three all three all season. So, uh, so there is yeah. that. So that's the good and the bad from the yeah. numbers. But look, I watched I watched Wolves the last time they played against Wolves on on the Friday night. Um, I was a little bit drunk. I think it was uh, in between Paddy's day and my birthday, so I was curing a hangover. We we, we creating another. Um, <laughs> they were absolutely. Uh, pulverized once they went down to ten men against uh, <laughs> against Leeds and Leeds played them off the park. Albeit yeah. the ten men, they scored they scored three goals. There were two. They they had their Aston Villa moment in that game. They were two 0 up, um, and Raúl Jiménez went off on the about the hour mark, and they conceded three goals. And that Luke Ayling goal where he did the Robbie Keane uh, celebration um, to win the game. It just you could see you could see it having the same effect on Wolves as as them beating us out on them. So I'm hoping that carries into this and that's still playing on their mind because they they haven't been on the best of runs. Um, they also lost to Crystal Palace in that run, along with Arsenal and Wolves. So the, the, you won't mind losing to Arsenal and Wolves, but Palace and Leeds are teams that they should, probably should be beating. Um, they'd win to Watford and win at Everton, but you'd expect that too. So look. It's it's not going to be easy. Um, I think it's going to be a game of chess early on, but we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely give them a rattle. I think, and I'm I'm predicting we'll get something out of it. Yeah, so am I. I'm I'm gonna. I know you don't like making predictions to see the team, but I'm gonna make a prediction later on. Um, I think we'll go with that. I think we'll probably go away from home. What will we do? What kind of formation will we play? I think against the back three. We're probably better off going with the two strikers uh, against the back three. Mm. I think we're probably better going with the two strikers anyway. If the last game has taught us anything without any wit or nothing to attack, uh, yeah. we need the two. But la- remember, Paddy, and you know where I'm going to go with this. We're not going to have wit in that left hand side unless Luca Dean is playing there. It's like, and, and he is playing. Just, that's, and that's what I'm saying. I yeah. expect him to play. So if we do go with the two tens again, at least we've got, we've, we now have that with, with option back there with, with Luca Dean. And I'm not just having a shot across Ashley Young's bow. Don't get me wrong. It's just, 
it's just common sense, I think, really. Well, for me, it is. I, I don't want to offend anyone. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think they'll probably go with the two strikers. I think, um, I, I, you know, I, I think if you can kind of keep, like, it's probably going to be Moutinho and Dendonker in the midfield area for them. Uh, like, the two fullbacks that they're going to play are going to be Johnny, I would imagine, and what's that guy's name? Outnuri or Aitnuri or whatever his mm. name is. Probably on the left will come in there instead of Semedo. Semedo probably could make the game as well, but but it's 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 unlikely. Um but as always, they're gonna still be tricky up front. They're gonna have the South Korean guy, what's his name? Chan He Chan and uh, Trincao and Podence are gonna be behind. Like Podence Podence we we never play well against Daniel Podence. Uh, mm. he, he always tends to play well against us. So he is a bit of a um a bit of a wild card for them. But look. Stephen Gerrard should send this team out. As I said, he should be whispering in everybody's ear. You guys, they embarrassed you guys scoring three goals in ten minutes. You know, at the end of the game to to, to come back from the dead, and and you know, you guys haven't shaken that off. No matter what you've done this season, as you said, Paddy, that's one that you can't shake off. You know, you're just gonna have to live with that one. The only way to do it is to is to get revenge and to to avenge that uh, that defeat and go and beat Wolves in their backyard because they scored those goals in front of the halt. You know, so <laughs> yeah, not an easy one to take. Not an easy yeah. one to take for anybody. Um, and, and that should be that should be you know, um, bulletin board fodder for for us uh, for the rest of this for the rest of the week. And coming from me, that's big because you know I I don't believe in the intangibles. I don't believe in in a lot of that kind of shite. Um, if you're a professional footballer, you're going to go out and you're going to play football. And 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 I I think that the teams are a lot more. Um, galvanized from that stuff than 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 is made out to be at times. But I think in this instance, it would be one to pin it up in the wall and say, "Lads, this was ye. Now go out and show people that this still isn't ye, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and make a difference here against against Wolves." Yeah, I, I think... there's, a lot, there's a lot of changes there in that team as well. You know, the the addition of of Luca Dean and Philip Coutinho mm. is going to make a huge difference as well. I think I think uh, Coutinho. I think playing the two strikers and Coutinho in through the center. I think it would be good for for this game because much and all is Coutinho doesn't seem like he's he's slowing down at all. He doesn't seem like he wants to take his foot off the pedal. And even if they bring out Cotter Cody to try and maybe play not as a sweeper but play more flat in that in that back three, I still think Coutinho gets the better of them just on, just on the basis of Moutinho is older. And 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 Coutinho is is better than him, you know. And I th- I think he gets the I think he gets the rub of the green in that aspect there. Uh, then Donker has kind of regressed. Watch me you now put a put a hex that he's going to score against us the weekend. Yeah. But he he can't. Well, since oh, he's, he's a good, he's a good player. Yeah, since I, he's come into the Premier League, he's kind of his level has got more and more average year, mm. year on year. From what I think, anyway, I uh, you know people might have different different opinion on him, but uh, I like him. I, I I think he's I think he's a good player. He's only twenty six as well. I I keep forgetting how young he is, and he is pro- he has kind of flip flop between centre half and and central midfield as well. So maybe I'm doing you a disservice in that mm. in that aspect. But um, you know, he's uh he's somebody that uh like he's. He's, he's somebody that that, that that will do a job for them, but I don't think that they're going to put in Marshling and Coutinho, um, but I could be wrong on that one for sure. Um, but that's where the game is going to be won, and and until Aston Villa start out midfield, every single pre-match preview is going to be, can Villa win the midfield? Yes. Will Villa have a good, healthy chance of winning? Can Villa win the midfield? No. Well, then Villa don't 
like Villa are going to have to rely on set pieces if they're going to mm. win this game. And 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 this is no, this is like like every other every other game that we're probably going to have. Yeah. You know, and look, there's there's a bit of upheaval there now with, with losing Neves and losing Jimenez. So the, the, there's mm. there's two huge changes there to be made, and we we've just we've just got to trust the manager to do what he can to upset them in in, in those areas. You know, Padens on his day can can be one of the best players to watch in the Premier League. So he, I have an illogical fear, logical fear of him. Um, and and then Donker for for that matter, he, ju- he always seems to up his game against us. Maybe maybe it's the whole derby thing. They think it's <laughs> a big game, but look, um, it's 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 going. I, I have a feeling we're going to get a result out of this. I, I I stop short of thinking we're going to get three points, but I think there's a very good chance we'll put it up to them at the weekend. And I'm predicting a one-all draw. Because, oh, you uh, don't do predictions? Do you see the team usually? This is I'm doing my predict. Yeah, but you see, I might not make the team sheet tantrum, so I'm predicting now. That is true. That is true. And we do have news in the team sheet tantrum as well. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Once again, we have to talk about center halves. We have to talk about the team sheet tantrum. We have to do talk about both of those. Um, both of them, I think, are, are interesting bits of news. So let's talk about the center halves uh, piece. Um, uh, we've been linked with, with our... It, it came out that Steven Gerrard wants a real top-class center half to come in, which to me is... Like, arguably, it's our best room. It's the best room of players that we have. Uh, go back. I know somebody could go back three or four weeks ago. And they could say that the drop off I said from Kanz and Mings to Chambers and uh, and 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 House was massive. Um, and now I'm saying it's arguably our best room or our, our deepest room uh, within the within the team. But uh, there was talks of Stefan De Vrij, um, the the centre half, um, coming in here and. Uh, that to me would be a huge signature uh, signing. Uh, a player of that ilk would be massive. Would be massive. And I don't think the first thing people go is, "Oh, does that mean somebody's going to be losing out in the team?" Once again, we've spoke about it. If there's going to be five subs needed, centre halves playing three at the back is becoming um, vogue at the moment again. God be with the start of the season when we did it uh, at the start of the season. But could like three at the back now with Luca Dean and, and Matty Cash. Um, is is a formidable thing for Aston Villa to do. Um, but I think the more and more I'm I'm seeing it, the more and more I'm coming around to the whole. Oh God, if we could get a really really top class centre half in here now as well, with the two guys that we have or the three guys that we have, that's a real enticing prospect, and maybe it allows us to push Callum Chambers further forward into that defensive midfielder role. Um, who I where I think we will obviously get uh, reinforcements in as well. But what do you think yourself, Paddy? Do you think that uh, maybe it's a misallocation of funds, a misallocation of capital to put uh, to to go away, and maybe spend forty million uh, on on a centre half and and bring somebody in there? Do you think that it's the wise move to make from Stephen Gerrard? Um, I think at the moment, yeah, <clears throat> I, I would say it'd be a misallocation of funds for me. I think there's other areas we need to strengthen. I think the most important thing that Stephen Gerrard will do this summer is get rid of some people. I, th- I think lighten up the squad before he goes heavy on spending money. Well, 
he obviously has his targets and he's going to go spend them, get them in anyway. Um, but I think the most important thing is to get a few players out. Um, with regards to centre-half, and I never got around to this theory because we we couldn't do a team sheet tantrum before the last game. But Callum Chambers, from, from, from the day I saw him, uh, I, I saw a completely different type of player than what we have beside Mings. I saw a player with leadership skills talking all throughout the game. And I have a theory that he was brought in to keep Mings on his toes and keep him awake because those little uh, those little errors weren't happening with Callum Chambers in the team. And I, I think that's why he was brought in. Um, looking at him from, from behind the goal and in, on the whole end and, you know, being, being a defender myself back in the day, to watch two guys talking like that, to completely organising that back four and the guys in front of them. It was probably one of our better performances of the season. We actually destroyed Southampton without getting out of tour gear that day. So uh, that that's my theory behind Callum Chambers. Um, like for me, Tyrone Mings is, is the first defender on the on the team sheet. He's he's a leader. He he's a monster of a man. He obviously has that mistake in him. And obviously, if you're making a mistake in centre half, usually it costs you a goal or sets up a, a really good chance. So that's what that that was my theory on Callum Chambers that I never got to speak about. But look at what Callum Chambers has done since <laughs> that ball into Coutinho, that that goal against Leeds. You know. The guy is just there's great potential there, and he's still quite young himself, and he should be coming into his prime. So, I think it would be a misallocation of funds if that's where we're going spending our money in the summer. I think there's a, a few more, um, and I'm not going to go in on them now. We, we all know we've, we've we've overplayed where we need players. So, in my view, centre half is not where we need to strengthen first. If somebody left, if Courtney House was to leave, then we, you know, the opportunity might be might might be there to go and uh, I'm just saying for example Courtney House could be Ezri Conza whoever it is somebody could come in and spend big money on Tyrone Mings we don't know and it, it could be too much to refuse and at that stage I think that's when we go big and, and boy um, didn't we weren't be linked to the guy from Villarreal Pau Torres Pau Torres yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know, there was a few links like that where you're looking at a really, really world-class player coming in and we don't know how concrete those links were, but they were there for a long time. And that's that's where my thinking comes to maybe get your head around three at the back for the season 2023. Maybe get your head around. My, my, my thinking behind it is it still allows us to play three up top. It allows Coutinho up there. And what it yeah. does is it allows us to pack midfield without having a dedicated, um, like... Don't get me wrong, I do want a massive man in midfield to play central midfield. He'll take a massive woman in there to play central midfield. He'll take a massive ailing in there to play central midfield in there as a defensive midfielder at the moment, if, if the rules allowed it. Um, I, that's that's what I would favour, but I can see why playing three centre-halves would allow you to pack midfield with maybe uh, a small bit easier without having to have that uh, a player that, that maybe can contribute in both phases of um of, of the game. So I could see it happen. I could see it happen for sure. Um and I think that the I think that the I think the indicators are, are there to be honest with you. I think I think they're there. I think they're looking at us in the face. We just have to have to mm. to, to become a small bit more okay with them. And I know um, I know we're all a little bit broken by that tree at the back, but I definitely think that's the way forward. Look at how well it worked for 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 Wolves for a long period of time. It, it it can work. It can definitely work. I, I'm not sure it's a 
it's in Steven Gerrard's plans. I don't think that's what he wants to do, mm-hmm. but it could it could potentially be a, a match winner for us and 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 shore up that midfield and shore up the defense as well. So it'll be interesting, but um, I don't anticipate it will happen. But I w- I would like to see it tried. Another reason for it as well, Paddy, could be the fact that if you look down through what we have coming through, the age gap, they're just that bit young. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we've got Tim, who's playing central defensive midfield, 19 years of age. But we've got Josh Feeney, who's 16. We've got Lamar Bogart, who's 17. We've got Svinkels, who's 17, 18. You know, those, those guys, they're, they're just a bit young. And centre-half is yeah. a more cultured position from the fact that the only way that you get experience at centre-half is being knocked in your hole or being, being rounded and having the ball put mm-hmm. back in the net. The only reason you get experience at centre-half is by doing something wrong. And it's a hard road to learn. So... Um, you know, maybe that's the thinking in it here that okay, we'll beef up the room now because we don't have the young players coming through. So the the players we have coming through, we're we're happy with them. So when we talk about fund allocation, that might be one thing. But from a squad building point of view, you buy the players in where you maybe have that little gap between where your academy is coming towards your your um your your established players, and potentially that could be something in there because I think I think roster construction. And squad construction is a lot more uh, would become a lot more complex, specifically with five subs, as we see now. To be able to maximise the amount of bodies you can pick from, you know, you don't go in buy a def- central defensive midfielder if you think Tim is going to make a massive step next season. I'm not saying that I advocate for that. I'm using it as a hypothetical, but because you don't have anyone that could make the massive step at centre half, maybe that's where you buy the person so that you can maximise. And maybe instead of having 25, 20, 28 players to choose from, by buying someone, put them in there. Um, instead of buying someone and putting them into the into the central midfield position, you you have now twenty nine because you can utilize your your academy yeah. players for free because they're under twenty one within your squad selection group. You know, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. There's probably lots we're not thinking of, and it's probably not as easy uh, to spot uh, on on the outset yeah. as as we're making it here. But um, big signings bring big players. Big players bring big results. Hopefully, and big results bring big mm-hmm. money and big matches, and that's what we're looking for. And, so, and we saw. Uh, I know it was translated into. English, but we saw a very enthusiastic interview with um, with Luca Dean during the week as well. Yes, and and he he seems to think that there's a big project ahead. So the, to me, w- what he was saying sounds like it's going to be uh, a, a lot of big money still to come and and a lot of investment in the team, which it needs to be if we're going to push on. Like realistically, clawing back the distance between ourselves and Wolves is probably unattainable. So we're probably at the level where we could probably the the most. Points, regardless of what, if we went to, went on our own winning all of the games, we'd probably still struggle to, to make up the 10-point gap. So, we'll see. Eric is back in again. Oh, Eric, we missed you. Ever. We missed you. <laughs> we haven't seen that in a while. Um, I'll tell you, Gaston, I saw, I saw um, a headline in, I don't know what paper it was. I think it might be the Daily Mail. Not quite sure what, what, it, what it was. It, was just, it just flashed up on a timeline as I was going down through it. Not, not a big man to read the papers, but I thought it was hilarious about uh, some woman that Putin is seeing at the moment. And they said that she has a wealth greater than Sir Ronan. So they use Sir Ronan's wealth as a, as a gauge of how rich <laughs> this woman was. I just thought it was hilarious. It's, uh, I, I just thought that was hilarious that they just happened to pluck this, pluck this random person out. And, and and put her wealth up against hers. But uh, yeah, I agree with that. Mrs. Doyle is by far the hottest. She's an Irish, she's a Villa fan. Polly McGlynn is a Villa fan. She is. Actively reached out. I've actively reached out and tried to get her on the podcast. Watch this space. She didn't say no. She didn't say no. She didn't no. say no. No, she didn't. 
The summer, yeah, and I, I did resist before you ask. I did resist in the emails. Go, ah, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. When I was asking her, I did resist the urge to do that. But uh, there are a couple of famous Irish people that follow Aston Villa. A couple of very famous Irish people that you may not know are. are uh, mm. I'm not going to say closeted Aston Villa fans, but they are out there, and uh, we've reached out to them, and one of them has said yes. And a couple of them haven't said no, is what I'd say. So we're hoping something might come for for the for the off season, and and, and we can we can have them on as well. Um, right, guys, we need to talk about before we go away. We're fifty one minutes in out of nowhere. Before we go away, we do have a little bit of a uh, a bit of housekeeping to do. Team sheet tantrum. Obviously, we missed the last team sheet tantrum. There will be a team sheet tantrum this this uh, this weekend. Over the last few uh, games of this season, there will be a slight slight change to the team sheet tantrum. And the reason for that is we are going to use the team sheet tantrum and we're going to do a takeover of the Villa View um, and utilize our team sheet tantrum there. It's something we're trying. We're looking look, uh, to, to, to broaden our reach with regards to that. And, and we're, we're going to help out the guys in, in, in the Villa View as well. And we're delighted to partner up with them, to be honest with you. So we're going to be... Um, There'll, there'll be a bit more on it in the coming, in probably tomorrow, with regards to it, because we're going to try and see if we can get it set up for Saturday um, for uh, for a takeover of the Villa View. And uh, um, as I said, Team Sheet Tantrum isn't going anywhere. We're still going to be doing it, um, but we may be doing it through the through the the, the Villa View as a, as a takeover of oh, takeover of their channel um, for that period of time. And um, we're going to try between now and the end of the season. So uh, keep an eye out for that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Um, and uh, we may have a couple of couple of uh, surprises up our sleeve with regards to that as well. Hopefully they come off. I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver there uh, on that one either. Um, but my just son, in case you're looking first. My son has promised to stand beside me with with a, a horn so when I course it'll be what? bleeped out. It'll be bleeped out. Oh, oh sorry, Paddy. <laughs> no, we're not allowed to course on the middle of you. I'm glad you finished the rest of that sentence. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um yeah so look we just say we mentioned that guys as well um uh, likely we're hoping to get a get a cracked off and to take over our channel from saturday onwards um but watch this space we will obviously keep an eye on our socials and uh and we will uh let you guys know there as well so that's going to kind of do it patty we don't have anything else to 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 talk about do we uh, I, I, I would like to mention um, we found out today that uh, John Dixie oh, Dean yes, was, was diagnosed with, well he has been for some time diagnosed with dementia so um, another just one. Like to, yeah another, another one another a long list unfortunately so look I hope there's a lot of support there for him um, he was a really good guy he was on the management team back at the turn of the century as well with uh, uh, 2001 I believe Um so look, really, really, really good guy. Uh, an uncle of uh, Frankie from All Villa No Filler as well. Um, uh, yes. John Dean is yeah. So is, yeah. Um, we wish him all the best, and, and obviously has to support a very Villa fan. Frankie's a guy I need to reach out to. I must talk, I must chat to Frankie again. I haven't spoken to him in a while. He's all he's down in down in Australia at the moment. I'm living vicariously through his sunshine vibes uh, at the minute. Um, <laughs> Frankie, and I, I, actually, like, what, what, if you if you get a chance, the, the guys, everyone that's listening, if you go and have a look at our Villa No Filler, there's actually a really brilliant interview between Frankie and John Dean. You might need to go back a good few episodes, but it's there. Yeah. It, was a, it was one I really enjoyed when he did it. So. Uh, go back and have a look and see if you can find it. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, another little piece as well. Just, I suppose, a fleeting villa uh, piece of piece of news, I suppose, here. Where I'm based here in Galway, obviously, is the home of the great uh, Eamon Chick DC. And uh, the, the, the park, the, the, the football ground here in, in Galway is named after Eamon DC. But um, they've just been purchased by billionaire property owners, uh, the Comer brothers, who are from Galway themselves. Um, and to bring it all full circle, Aston Villa again back in 2005 before I, it was actually prior to Doug Ellis selling to Randy Lerner. Could have been 2004 even. Maybe even maybe even further back, but uh, there was rumours that Comers were going to buy Villa from uh, Doug Ellis for about sixty million. So um, there's always been a kind of a Villa connection there uh, with the with with the Comer brothers and uh, obviously with with uh, M and DC as well. So be interesting to see. And Galway United do play in a claret colour as well. So they're kind of, they they do play in claret and blue. So it's a uh, it's it, it's a nice little touch. I don't know if it's actually anything to do with M and DC. I don't think it is. I think it's just just. Uh, tradition <laughs> up here uh, in Galway, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's nice to kind of see little things like that happen, and the fact that you know M and DC so loved around here, and uh, and and that hopefully there's going to be an injection into that club that's going to drive them further on within the League of Ireland structure here as well. You know, it is um, it is uh, it is important for for all levels to be, to be able to get that injection of, of of cash because God knows here in the League of Ireland. There ain't a lot of cash going around the League of Ireland, that's for sure. <laughs> that is for that's sure. sure. Right, lads, that's going to do it for us today. Keep an eye on social media. We'll let you know what the stories of the Team Sheet Tantrum. We will be having one, whether it is stationed here or whether it is on the Villa View over the weekend. Most likely it will be on the Villa View. Um, so we will obviously have the links posted to our social media. So pop on, join us, and uh, uh, we will be more than delighted to go down through the Team Sheets um, on, on Saturday with you guys. Uh, as always, thanks everybody for, for listening today. Um, if you could like and share this, it would be fantastic. And um, if you know of somebody you think might like the podcast, just tell them about it, tell them about us and ask them maybe to subscribe on YouTube or even better subscribe on our audio podcast as well, where we still we still trot out stuff on the audio podcast and that's uh, that's very important to us too as well because that's where our bread and butter was before the um, before the invention of YouTube and heavy makeup for our beautiful faces. <laughs> um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we're going to leave it at that. Here's hoping to a Villa, uh, Villa result of the weekend. You said a one-all draw. I never said what I think it's going to be. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Villa win at the weekend. Never mind draws. We don't draw draws are for losers and uh we're going to uh, we're going to take home all three points the weekend see you saturday for the team sheet tantrum and all that's left to say is up the villa up the villa sports social podcast network